Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Look, BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline, it's got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and also it's free to sign up. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, and use your mobile device right now to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome to bonus on your first deposit. That is only a BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. I'm so happy and thankful today to have a returning guest he's the host of Mully and Haw 5 to 9 a.m weekdays at 670 the score it's David Haw David how are you today doing well Joey how are you doing I'm doing yeah I'm so excited when we talked last week you know I had so many things to talk about you know Kevin Lankinen long-term goalie is Kobe (laughs) White is Kobe White a point guard uh, we could play the game show Awake, Asleep, or Mutiny, the Tony LaRusa edition, but I think we're going to maybe focus on uh, one aspect here today. It's Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. If you could just maybe walk the listeners through uh, a little real time of your emotions and where you were, what you were doing when the Bears landed on the moon last Thursday. Yeah, I think that's a, a total metamorphosis in, in terms of the approach, in terms of the feel in Chicago about the bears. And I think I was watching the draft like everybody else and had really advocated that the bears stand pat and, and not take the chance and not trade up to number four, because I felt like that was an unnecessary risk. And I think that we were all sort of, you know, influenced or scarred by the last time that Ryan Pace did that. And he overpaid for Mr. Trubisky and he didn't have to move up to number two. And all that I could think of in the days leading up. And as we talked on our show was, all right, don't do it again. You're lucky to have your job. Uh, You're in your seventh draft. Just kind of, you know, bore us to death, I think is the way that I framed it. And I was very comfortable with that because I felt like the Bears could have taken an offensive lineman at 20 and gotten their cornerback in the second round and, and, you know, lived to, you know, compete for another playoff spot. And yet, as things unfolded and the 49ers took the really big risk, I think, at number three, and when after Trey Lance, you started to wonder. You started to wonder, okay, what's going to happen at the Falcon spot? They take the tight end, and then you're thinking, well, okay, I can see how this might go. But once they got by the Panthers and the Broncos, and they both took cornerbacks, you started to think, well, and this is, I think, the way the Bears thought process was, was like, okay, what, Justin Fields is still on the board, and at what point does it become affordable and almost – then the, then the negligence comes in not looking into making that deal because as we would find out later, what if the Vikings would have moved in front of you? What if a team that, you know, you really were competing against in the NFC would have gotten and made that move that you were contemplating? So once it got to the Eagles making the trade, you wondered what was going to happen. I still was surprised when the news came and you saw the little bug in the bottom left-hand corner, like the Bears are on the clock. Like, okay, that was that was the best news the Bears fans have seen or kind of processed since they traded for Khalil Mack. And I think there was still that big of a shock. And then when they announced the name Justin Fields, it was the equivalent of Ryan Pace and George McCaskey and Matt Nagy all reaching for the red button at Hallis Hall that says reset and pressing it at the same time. Because I think that's what happened. I mean, you have to really be you know, clear and objective here, but what the Bears did was they experienced the kind of renewal or revival 
that you typically see with the regime change, except nobody got fired. And I think that's what they accomplished with, with drafting Justin Fields. And that's where this strange feeling, this strange thing called hope returned to Chicago when you talk about the Bears last week. Yeah, sometimes you just got to restart your phone, right? And uh, yeah. that's what they kind of <laughs> as, as an organization. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, draft night, I was able to be with a buddy who I hadn't seen in over a year. We had always watched the draft together annually. And we were doing the seven, eight, nine. We were like, no quarterback, no quarterback. And thankfully, you know, the Lions, you know, we'll see in 10 years, maybe help this out a little bit by letting that move down, move down a little bit. And you, you bring up a great point of we were rooting for boredom, right? And boredom is, is, a, is a strange term because maybe it was more about stability because obviously I wanted Tevin Jenkins at 20, who we got at 39, and we'll talk about him in just a moment. But I think we wanted that boredom because I think maybe a part of us maybe wanted to see Ryan Pace out the door at the end of this season because we wanted it done the previous season. So just talk a, lot, a little bit about your, your hitting on the strangeness of we kind of wanted that boredom. We were surprised, we're elated, and now we're kind of patting the back of, of Ryan Pace, a guy that we've rung through the coals now for the last several years. Well, I think, you know, when I said sort of like facetiously, you know, bore us to death, I think what I was talking about more is that, you know, Ryan Pace has treated these drafts in a very, you know, impulsive way and has been really aggressive in a way that sometimes pays off. But when you talk about aggressiveness in any, any job or any walk of life, I mean, there's, there's more risk involved than you typically people who look at it from a more conventional standpoint and live life maybe more conventionally. So that's what I think the, the boredom was sort of code for conventional. You've, you, I really thought the Bears should take a more conventional approach to this draft and, and they didn't. And I think things are gonna work out for the best because of the way that they fell into place, things that we weren't, you know, could not have predicted going in but the conventional approach was something that I think the Bears haven't taken, and I think they have paid for, frankly, um, in Ryan Pace's first six drafts, is that you know they, they didn't always look at it in a way, okay, well, if we take the conventional approach and hold on to our picks rather than trade up to sacrifice them, then you might have had fewer issues on your depth chart as you sit here this morning or today, and I think that's what I meant and was referring to. That said, once they decided to you know, this was the year that they, the draft fell to them and, and kind of things fell into place. Then their second pick kind of followed the track that their first pick, and it was in character uh, with not only the general manager, but also just the way this draft dictated, you know, the Bears were, were given the opportunity to seize that, that moment. And I think that's what happened both in the first and second rounds. Yeah, that's a great point because I don't think the Bears had the capital or probably the willpower or the wants to move up to four, right? right, and get all the way up there. And I think the sticker price probably had to come down. And once it got into the double digits, they were able to do it. I want to ask you because what we're also what we're talking about, there's been a precedent, too, that's been fairly recent. And let's look at this from a macro level where what was this offseason about? Derek Carr for a first-round pick. Carson Wentz, two first-round picks. Russell Wilson, three first-round picks. And now we're sitting here with Justin Fields. You know, we gave up a first-round pick next year. Just talk a, lot, a little bit to the people that maybe think that the price was a little steep. I found it to be very reasonable and pretty much going rate in terms of where they moved up. Did you find that it was an overpay? And do you think in the long run, obviously, maybe finding that franchise quarterback was worth what they gave up? 
Well, a couple of things. I think number one, that there's probably always going to be an element of you're going to have to give a little bit more if the, if moving up to draft a quarterback is what you're doing and you're more willing to do that. So you could, you, we could sit here and get out the draft value charts and compare and contrast. And, and you know, you, you're going to, you're going to be able to make the argument that they did overpay slightly, but I don't think that anybody that, you know, overpays or pays above the list price for their dream house complains about how comfortable the living room is. You know, they love the man cave and you know what? The pool is pretty nice too in the backyard on that deck, by the way, which is custom made. Oh, can I show you the gas grill in the jacuzzi? So, all right, that's what I'm talking about. When you pay uh, over the price and you maybe overpay, you get what you overpay for. And so that's all part of the, the, the mindset. And, and I think that, look, you know, to some degree, I do respect what Ryan Pace did because, you know, it took, it, it took, some, it, it took some nerve to do what he did, frankly. I mean, that, the, the nerve of Ryan Pace, you know, because they did not get Derek Carr. They did not get Carson Wentz. They did not get Russell Wilson. They didn't get Deshaun Watson, who they had talked about pursuing before the controversy came. But you know what it was? It was like here in Chicago, if you want to have a, an analogy to another sport, it was Javi Baez going 0 for 12 with 11 strikeouts and coming up with the bases loaded. And then, boom, onto Waveland Avenue. He connects, and he can still swinging for the fences. And so part of you understands and respects that. And the fact that he connected, I think, excites people because, you know what, this was a home run pick, and this was a draft that they're going to be talking about for a very long time. I want to get to Justin Fields, the player, in just a moment. I want to ask you because I was looking at your Twitter feed, and also, uh, and you brought it. You kind of made a little bit of a joke, and I've been thinking about this. But this also, I think, pumps more oxygen into the Bears organization, where no one's really talking about it right now because we're excited about Justin Fields. But Justin Fields also represents a blue chip prospect. And when we were looking at the Russell Wilson trade in the off season, what did the Seahawks wanted? They wanted a blue chip quarterback that they could have in return I'm not advocating we trade Justin Fields I want him to play in Chicago for the next 10 to 12 years but it also sets the organization on better footing would you say that now that Justin Fields is in the building with the NFL and the NBA you, know, you never know which franchise quarterback or great player is going to want to move towns or move city next the Bears at the very least can say that they are in those type of conversations because now they have acquired a player with the talent of Justin Fields Joey, you look around the, the division and I think, you know, I, I was almost tongue in cheek, but you look at the Green Bay dysfunction and you look at the Vikings now, you know, RG3 is pointing out that Kirk Cousins not going to be happy because they got, they drafted Kellen Mond. And by the way, they wanted Justin Fields and Jared Goff, the forgotten one up in Detroit. You know what? You could make the argument that the in terms of stability, in terms of hope, that the Bears... <laughs> I can't even say anything out loud without laughing. I mean, that the Bears have the best quarterback situation or the most enviable quarterback situation in the NFC North we got over depth. the next three to five years. Yeah, we got depth, David. We got depth right now. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's – and that – who would have thought that was even conceivable just a week ago? So it, it's, it's fun to consider, you know, Justin Fields carries himself like a star, and you see that he has been somebody who – has been in the spotlight before for a very long time. And I think that transition, not only the fact that he's played, you know, so many games at Ohio State at a high level with a, with a lot of success, but he has been 
under the scrutiny of being the starting quarterback for a program in a community, in a, for a fan base that is frankly nuts. And so he will fit in perfect here because Bears fans are desperate, as you know, for any little, you know, just, just a little bit of success at the position. But I think he's the guy that can handle the ups and downs, or at least he has up to this point of his career. And you wrote such a great article on uh, listeners. You can find it at odyssey.com 670 that score David Haw. You wrote a great article on Justin Fields. You wrote in there that the Bears fans, you know, the feeling is gone from like one to 11. And Ryan Pace, very funny in his press conference, said that Justin Fields' toughness on a scale of one to 10 is similar to 11. And then he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, he runs a 4-4-40. So let's talk about Justin Fields, the player, a little bit. Just from his press conference, I like the seriousness. You know, I think yeah. we've had the 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 dry humor personality of Jay Cutler. We've had, uh, as you mentioned, the Gorbowski next door in Mitch Trubisky, really right. nice guy. Justin Fields has no problem saying, I want to be a franchise quarterback. I want to be a top five quarterback in this league. And I want to win. You were on a, you were on this pod very graciously last year. And we were talking quarterbacks and we were, you know, throwing around Zach Wilson and the bears were losing six in a row. What's your take and give the listeners a little insight of what you think Justin Fields is the player on the field. Well, I have to say this. I mean, for bears fans, I mean, he is the fields of their dreams. He is the guy that is, is fits and checks all the boxes because, you know, you look at it from, Let's just talk from a football perspective. I mean, he's got the big arm and he's got the deep, the deep ball capacity. At least he showed that at Ohio State. But even more importantly, I mean, the mobility is something that is the X factor with a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, you just, it's natural. It's innate in the athleticism with the 6'3", you know, 225 frame. And he's, he's runs a 4'4". You just can't coach those things. And that's what's different about special players is that, they can make plays that you can't diagram and you can't include in your schematic genius that Matt Nagy has or your playbook and, you know, whatever level of 200 level offense. That doesn't matter with a guy like like um, Justin Fields. You know, he is if and, and again, it's inevitable that we're going to compare to Mitch Trubisky the last time they went through this. But, you know, Mitch had this sort of quality that related to people because he was one of the guys. Justin Fields is the man. You know, there's no doubt about it. And he has always been that guy and he has that persona, which I think is healthy in, you know, as long as it, it includes some humility. And he was raised that way. And you can tell that he has that humility, that he knows how to balance being a leader with being a teammate. And I think so that is what is good in the locker room. And again, on the field, does he have kind of a loopy uh, release that you need to maybe, you know, consolidate and make more efficient? Sure. Is his footwork kind of a mess sometimes? If you watch it and you break it down and talk to your quarterback coach friends, they'll tell you absolutely that's a little bit, you know, things that you could work on. But his escapability is just something that is instinctive. And the way that he finds, um, and, you know, the, the reads that he was criticized for not being able to make coming out of the, out of Ohio State, I don't know that that's a really valid criticism. I'm not sure if that wasn't planted by teams that wanted him to drop. So there's a lot to like about Justin Fields, the football player. There's probably even more to like about Justin Fields, the young professional athlete now who's going to take Chicago by storm. And you see all these stories coming out of him passing these aptitude tests with flying colors and just his yeah. intelligence level is on such a high level, runs a 4-4, and then, oh, yeah, I can throw an 18-yard out. When the winds are blowing at Soldier Field, you know, at 35 miles an hour. 
Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Canon Sunglasses. Now, my sunglass history, it's a little checkered. I like to live a funky, fresh lifestyle, but I'm always breaking my sunglasses or I'm buying that $10 cheap pair and then losing them automatically. Well, no more, I say. It is time to make your outdoor experience better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make your lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. And let me tell you, these Canon sunglasses, they are absolutely perfect for the golf course. So use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at Canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's right, CANONCAST15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, Canon, clearly better. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Just Live, a trusted source for high-quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. Now, look, during this crazy time, maybe you're trying to get more sleep. Maybe you're trying to work on your energy. You're trying to protect your immune system. That's why Just Live came out with their brand new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors, sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. They're vegan and low sugar, plus they're founded by professional athletes, Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez, because they wanted to create a CBD product that they could trust and they could stand behind. It is finally here. So if you need support with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I highly recommend giving these a try. And right now, if you buy one of their new gummy products, you get one free. That's right. There are six different benefits to choose from instead of just choosing one. Visit justlive.com and use code support to buy one, get one free. That's right. Buy one, get one free of the new gummies in line with the code support at justlive.com. Now back to the pod. As a former safety, as a former secondary man, a man who likes to stick his nose in the box, what do you do with a guy like Justin Fields? I mean, do you put a do you put a spy on him? Do you, I mean, you can't try and take away the deep ball, right? Because you can't extend the field because he's going to use his legs. What do you do with a guy like him? I think he's one of those quarterbacks that if you're defending him, that you do try to probably account for him every play with with maybe a spy at some time defensively. But, you know, that's going to be something that evolves. And I frankly think that goes into what the next phase of this is around uh, Justin Fields. You know, you, you lock up Allen Robinson long-term, you make sure that you make David Montgomery, frankly, the focal point of your offense, even with the quarterback as dynamic as Justin Fields, he's a young guy, let him grow. By the time that he's to the point where he's able to do what we're talking about consistently, you know, ride David Montgomery to that point so he can get to the next level you know, incorporate the tight end more with Cole Komet and, and Jimmy Graham. You have some weapons, Darnell Mooney as well. Use those weapons. Don't put so much of the pressure on the quarterback as you schematically design what happens next. Make sure that it comes naturally to him because that's the way you have players succeed. So they're not putting too much pressure on themselves. So they're not thinking so much so that they're reacting. Because when that happens, I think that we've seen at a high level, Justin Fields excel. Look at the Clemson game, six touchdowns, so play through pain and injury. And that's why what the Bears are doing is, is kind of smart. As long as they follow through with contractual, you know, responsibilities with Rob Allen Robinson, they built their offensive line. Now they're rebuilding their offensive line. And this is a this is a recommitment to offensive football that frankly is a long time coming. And yeah, you would think opposing defenses, confusion on pre-snap make him think a little bit extra. So you're hitting it right on the head and the bears and Matt Nagy more specifically has experience simplifying um, uh, an offensive game plan for a quarterback that they've had under center the last couple of years. I do want to ask you about another quarterback that is currently under center for the Chicago bears, Andy Dalton. I've been joking around with my friends all weekend that Andy Dalton to me is like 
you're going to the Hootie and the Blowfish concert and maybe like you paid a little extra for them and you're kind of not super excited to go see Hootie and the Blowfish and you get to the concert and you realize that, oh my God, Pearl Jam is now the headliner. And, <laughs> and like Hootie's the opener and you're going to kind of sort of watch Hootie and sort of kind of cheer them on, but you're really kind of saying, hey, let's get to Pearl Jam. In your opinion, you know, what, you know, we're going to have a long time to talk about this, but how do you think sure. the Bears should handle the situation, you know, Andy Dalton should be the starter. Should how long should he go for? You know, what, what kind of process do you think that they can put into place here? Well, Hootie can still perform and, and entertain. Okay, yeah, so like one of the songs, know, right? Maybe he can. Yeah, you know, and again, I know there's going to be a ton of debate, and already has been in Chicago, and I, and I think that's the fun part of all this because nobody's right, nobody's wrong. But my opinion would be this: is that you know you're going to have a lot of time for Justin Fields. To, to be the star of this franchise. And you wanna make sure that you handle every step of that process the right way. I just feel like if you um, keep an open mind and if Justin Fields is clearly the best quarterback that you have and he's grasped everything with the offense and training camp and the preseason, okay, if, if you feel like he's that much better than, than the veteran who has, you know, how many starts has Andy Dalton had over a hundred and some in his career, if that's the case, if Justin Fields is better, then you make that move and you have an open mind to that. But I think that you go in thinking that the veteran who has played at a, you know, he is the definition of mediocrity. But it, mediocrity is not a bad word. Mediocrity would be an upgrade, frankly, for Bears at the quarterback position. And you know what's coming next. And you know that he is essentially a placeholder. And I think that I would go in thinking Andy Dalton is my starter and Justin Fields is my future. And that makes me feel good about anything that happens next season. If you win eight games, it's different than winning eight games last year. Winning eight games last year felt like a, you know, it was a drudgery. It was, it was a long season and they ended up in the playoffs. You win eight games next year and it's like, oh my gosh, we won eight games, wait till we get Justin Fields in there full time. So everything's about context. And I think that you also have to remember that it's not easy to play NFL quarterback. And so, if Justin Fields gradually gets into the lineup midway through the season, four games into the season, 12 games into the season, it's okay, you know, because if you set the bar here immediately and you say Justin Fields is our day one starter and he struggles, I think you're doing him a disservice because you're setting him up in terms of expectations and the fan base like, well, he's not what they said he was going to be because they said he was good enough to start day one. Whereas if you continue to build this hope towards something in the right direction, I think it's going to benefit everybody, and I think it also is is maybe giving you – it's consistent, it's conventional. There's that word again. With football mentality, which some people don't like, but there's a meritocracy in football. You earn your job, and veterans are rewarded for their time. And Eddie, Andy Dalton probably deserves is maybe the wrong word, but it's okay if he is your starter day one. doesn't mean he's going to be your starter week 17 or 18 but I think you let that play out, but going into the season, that's the way I would approach it. I am so happy you're saying this because my expectations have changed for this coming year. Right. I mean, of course, Super Bowl is not on the table, but yeah, those eight wins, that's, it's not going to feel so bad. Right. Like I'm personally ready to watch the opening band, get a cocktail, go to the bathroom, relax, just maybe win a couple of games, be competitive, but always know that coming down the road when he's ready, we've got really something special down the pipe. 
And that's why, like, we're going to have to lean on people like you and, and your partner, Mike Mulligan, all season long, because you said it in your article and you've got your pulse on the city of Bears fans. That first three and out, that first bad interception by Andy Dalton, Bears fans are going to lose their mind, right? And you're going to be yeah. building calls all day long about, you know, but I mean, he's you know what I mean? Over and over again. But I really think patience is the key here. And I think people need to start wrapping their heads around Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace. They're going to be around for the next couple of years. This Andy Dalton thing is going to go for as far as we can possibly take it, hopefully farther than Mike Lennon could. And then when Justin Fields is ready, hopefully that is the moment we can take off running and we don't have some of the volatile up and downs that we saw with Mitch Trubisky. Andy Dalton's not Mike Lennon. And I think a lot of people want to make that comparison. So I think that's number one. And number two, you know, you're right. You know, Chicago has, you can't say that the Bears or Chicago has never experienced what it's like to develop a quarterback because we have, but we've never seen it done successfully. Okay. So part of that success probably does require more patience than we're typically accustomed to, to having or to showing. But I think it's necessary here because you know what, the one thing I can pretty much, I don't know about guarantee, but I feel pretty good about a year from now, when we're having this conversation in May of 2022, you're going to feel even better about the bears than you do today. And I don't think you could say that or guarantee that a year ago, because regardless of what happens with the record next year, if everybody stays healthy, you're going to feel better about the bears direction. And the reason you can say that is because you have two things that you're lacking. Number one, a quarterback of the future. Number two, a left tackle of the future. And I think that if you feel like from a football perspective, those are two of the hardest things to find. And if you feel like the arrow is still pointing up at the end of this year, regardless of record, you know, you're going to feel pretty positive. So just be patient as well. I think the cup is full again. You're absolutely correct. And yeah, it's so fun here. Like I've seen someone change a tire before the car didn't drive, but I saw them change the tire. What, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, a couple of quick ones for you, uh, Mr. David Haw, before we get you out of here. Uh, the first one, just real quick, your take on um, the other draft picks, you know, Barham, Des Newsom, any one, pick one player out of that list that you think, you know, based on maybe Ryan Pace's track record or maybe their prospect potential that you like coming out of this draft. Thomas Graham Jr., the quarterback from Oregon, is somebody that I think is going to be uh, really interesting to watch. I think he was a productive player for three years before opting out. I like what I've seen of him on tape. Daz Newsom is, is a guy that um, I think that he, you know, the slot receiver is really tough. He's a willing blocker. He could fit in pretty well. And, and I do like, you know, obviously Tevin Jenkins is, is the guy who a lot is riding on him, being able to make a conversion at the NFL level, kind of difficult to learn on the job if he's going to play left tackle, if they don't go out and get help. But this is a pretty good draft class. And I think Ryan Pace, um, this has a chance to be the one that, I don't want to say saves his job, but certainly redefines how we think of Ryan Pace as a general manager of the Bears. And, and I think he needed this because he, you know, he, he's never going to outlive or outgrow the stigma that's attached to him drafting Mitch Trubisky. But given another chance by ownership and being empowered to do this again, he did everything he could to make that a, a memory, a bad memory, but a memory. It'll always be in the first couple sentences of his bio, right? But now, hopefully, the Justin Fields adds a big but to it. But yeah. he did this, and you know, maybe right. the finishing off of that paragraph sounds a little bit better. Just final question for you. Don't mean to jump sports, but it's just been on my mind the last couple of days. Luis Robert in the White Sox. You lose, I think, in my opinion, I love Tim Anderson, but I think you can say that Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert are perhaps the most talented players on the Chicago White Sox. 
you know, moving forward, you know, what do you, what do you think they should do? I mean, it's still May. How aggressive do you think that they should be with these two big injuries that have just happened to their lineup? I think one of the key things to a crisis like this is that you just keep going and you get through the first initial phase of it. And that's, you know, baseball, they've only played 27 games. They've got 135 left. You've got to just continue to grind until you figure out some clarity. They, to some degree, the, the White Sox organization is still in shock. I mean, they just were recovering from Aloy. That was tough enough to take. And now Luis Robert, that was a painful uh, injury, hard to watch. So I think eventually what's going to happen is they have a tremendous starting pitching rotation. They've got a really good bullpen that's underachieved the first month of the season. But that is their strength. They're going to have to ride. They can still win the division. Uh, they can still keep every goal of theirs alive. But let's face it, I mean, you lose 65 to 70 home runs in those two players, and you, know, you had one of the best young outfields, outfields in baseball. Now you have a patchwork you know, quilt of an outfield. So there's going to be a step back, but you can make a deal. You can make a trade. Don't, in your haste to get better, make the wrong trade if you're Rick Hahn. So wait for things to play out a little bit. Maybe if, even if it's into June, that's when the trade market starts to develop. Keep an eye on who's available. You hear the names like Marte. You hear the names like Blackman. You hear the names out there. Chris Bryant's name is also going to be out there. Isn't that intriguing? So I think you have to keep an open mind. If you're Rick Hahn, you stay aggressive in your mindset, but you let, um, you let this pitching staff try to get you out of this hole that you feel like you've fallen into because of injury. And I think the White Sox still can be a team that might be a 90 victory team, you know, might be a team that can still win this division. Then we get to the playoffs. Let's wait and see. It's all about pitching in the playoffs. And one thing the White Sox have that other teams don't is a weapon named Michael Kopech. And you never know what that will mean at that point in time. So let's just wait and see. Yeah, another name I'll throw in that hat too as well. I know they're competitive right now, but they were shedding payroll in the offseason. Nick Castellanos. We know him very Ooh, well. Oh, yeah. Him on the I like that. Track. I think they can get out of that money, and that money is not prohibitive to the White Sox either. I think he's got like two years left. That would be that'd be right in Jerry's uh, that'd be right in Jerry's sweet spot a little bit. I would keep an eye on that one just a little bit. You hear that name? If you hear that name in the morning show, I might have to give you credit. That's a good one. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take it anytime. But you know, it's just funny. It's it's sobering. There are no coronations in sports. Baseball is obviously uh, you know a very humbling sport. It kind of crystallizes the luck that I think the Chicago Cubs enjoyed 15, 16, 17. They did lose Schwarber, but they didn't lose some of those big guys. And, you know, now the White Sox, I think they do have that depth to be able to make it happen. Mr. David Haas, thank you so much for taking the time. I really, really always enjoy talking to you. So I really appreciate it. Everyone, you have to listen to Molly and Haw. 670, the score. You can find it at what? On Stitcher. You can find it anywhere uh, to pick up your pods and also check out his wonderful articles that he's been posting on Audacity. Uh, dot com and please uh, uh forgive me uh what's your twitter handle so people can follow you and check up on all the great at david haw h-a-u-g-h very simple beautiful just easy enough david thank you so much for joining hopefully we can do it again sometime yep it was fun thanks a lot for having me thank you so much today was believe in betting chicago with joey christopoulos was brought to you by betonline.ag brought by canaan sunglasses and just live cbd oil make sure you check out all those wonderful great products thank you so much for listening to this pod we got plenty more coming the rest of this week until then be well be safe please be good to each other we will talk soon thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.